You're listening to the Out Loud Bible Project podcast with Mike Dominey. Out Loud Bible Project is on a mission to read the entire Bible out loud in a conversational and approachable way, so you can recognize your part in this conversation between you and God. Welcome to the Out Loud Bible Project Podcast. My name is Mike, and we are in the book of Genesis. It uh, it became important to make sure that we know where everything started. Before we get too deep into reading the Bible, it's important for us to look at the book of Genesis to see how everything began. And I don't just mean the birds and the fish and how they all got created. I mean sin, how sin entered the world how it just became this plague on us as individuals. It wormed its way in through families and down family lines. It pervades societies and cultures. And it can be kind of shocking how similar culture and societies can be today as they were thousands of years ago when this book took place. So um, it it gets messy. It gets it gets pretty rough sometimes, um, and it, it should be a wake-up call for us to recognize that that God really, really can't stand sin. He's very serious about that, and he always has, and he always will. Um, but we never lose sight of the fact that God promised to send a cure for this disease of sin, and uh, he always keeps his promises. So, but hey, you know, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's let's check this out, our reading for today. So when we last left Abraham, he was bargaining with God to preserve the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah because he had family members there. And these cities, they were they were wicked and they were godless, but God promised to spare them if Abraham bargained, if there were ten righteous people living there. If there were even ten people, Abraham said, Would you spare them? And God said, Sure, yes, I will spare the cities if I find even 10 righteous people there. Well, we know God doesn't break his promises, so uh, we'll see what that means. Uh, yeah, so I got to be honest with you. Today's reading is pretty rough. So like for real, this isn't one to listen to with the kids. Uh, the Old Testament does not shy away from some of the grisly facts about sin and its effects on people. And this is this is one of the reasons why I say the Bible's not a book of examples, okay? So it's certainly not condoning the actions of these people. It's not a rule book to follow. It's not a set of examples of heroes that we need to be like. No, it's it's just holding a mirror up to society and showing how far from the heart of God it truly is. So remember, the entire Old Testament is this journey where each story, each person brings us one step closer to the coming of Jesus, who back at the beginning of this book, remember God said uh, someone would come and stop the decaying effects of sin. And along this journey, it gets pretty bad, but God is faithful. He works everything out to accomplish his rescue mission, and it's not going to be pretty, but Let's walk through Genesis chapters 19 through 21. The two angels came to Sodom at evening. Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. 
Lot saw them, rose up to meet them. He bowed himself with his face to the earth, and he said, oh, See now, my lords, please come into your servant's house. Stay all night, wash your feet, and you can rise up early and go on your way. They said, No, but we, we will stay in the street all night. He urged them greatly, and they came in with him, and they entered into his house. He made them a feast and baked unleavened bread, and they ate. But before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, surrounded the house, both young and old, all the people from every quarter. They called out to Lot and said to him, Where are the men who came into you this night? Bring them out to us so that we may have sex with them. Lot went out to them through the door and shut the door after himself. He said, Please, my brothers, don't act so wickedly. See, now I have two virgin daughters. Please, let me bring them out to you, and you may do with them what seems good to you. Only don't do anything to these men, because they've come under the shadow of my roof. They said, stand back. Then they said, this one fellow came in to live as a foreigner, and he appoints himself a judge. (laughs) Now we will deal worse with you than with them. They pressed hard on the man Lot and came near to break the door, but the men reached out their hand and brought Lot into the house to them and shut the door. They struck the men who were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they wearied themselves to find the door. The men said to Lot, Do you have anybody else here? Sons-in-law, your sons, your daughters, and whomever you have in the city, bring them out of the place. For we will destroy this place, because the outcry against them has grown so great before God that God has sent us to destroy it. Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law, who were pledged to marry his daughters, and said, Get up, get out of this place, for God will destroy the city. But he seemed to his son-in-laws to be joking. When the morning came, then the angels hurried Lot, saying, Get up, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be consumed in the iniquity of the city. But he lingered, and the men grabbed his hand, his wife's hand, and his two daughters' hands, God being merciful to him. And they took him out and set him outside the city. It came to pass when he had taken them out that he said, Escape for your life. Don't look behind you and don't stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountains lest you be consumed. Lot said to them, Oh, not so, my lord. See now, your servant has found favor in your sight and you have magnified your loving kindness which you have shown to me in saving my life. I I can't escape to the mountain lest evil overtake me and I die. See, now, this city is near to flee to, and it's a little one. Oh, just let me escape there. Isn't it a little one? (laughs) And my soul will live. He said to him, Behold, I have granted your request concerning this thing also, that I will not overthrow the city of which you have spoken. Hurry, escape there, for I can't do anything until you get there. Therefore, the name of the city was called Zoar. The sun had risen on the earth when Lot came to Zoar. Then God rained on Sodom and Gomorrah sulfur and fire from God out of the sky. He overthrew those cities, all the plain, all the inhabitants of the cities, and that which grew on the ground. But Lot's wife looked back from behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. Abraham went up early in the morning to the place where he had stood before God. He looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the plain and saw that the smoke of the land went up as the smoke of a furnace. When God destroyed the cities of the plain, God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the middle of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot lived. Lot went up out of Zoar and lived in the mountain and his two daughters with him, for he was afraid to live in Zoar. He lived in a cave with his two daughters. The firstborn said to the younger, Our father is old, and there's not a man in the earth to come into us in the way of all the earth. (sighs) Come, 
Let's make our father drink wine, and we'll lie with him, that we may preserve our father's family line. They made their father drink wine that night, and the firstborn went in and lay with her father. He didn't know when she lay down, nor when she arose. It it came to pass on the next day that the firstborn said to the younger, Behold, I lay last night with my father. Let's make him drink wine again tonight. You go in and lie with him, that we may preserve our father's family line. They made their father drink wine that night also. The younger went in and lay with him. He didn't know when she lay down or when she got up. Thus, both of Lot's daughters were with child by their father. The firstborn bore a son and named him Moab. He's the father of the Moabites to this day. The younger also bore a son and called his name Ben-Ami. He's the father of the children of Ammon to this day. Abraham traveled from there toward the land of the south and lived between Kadesh and Shur. He lived as a foreigner in Gerar. Abraham said about Sarah, his wife, She's my sister. Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream of the night and said to him, Behold, you are a dead man because of the woman whom you have taken, for she is a man's wife. Now Abimelech had not come near her. He said, Lord, will, will you kill even a righteous nation? He Didn't he tell me she's my sister? She even herself said he is my brother. I've done this in the integrity of my heart and in the innocence of my hands. God said to him in the dream, yes, I, I know that in the integrity of your heart you have done this, and I also withheld you from sinning against me. Therefore, I didn't allow you to touch her. Now, therefore, restore the man's wife. For he's a prophet, and he will pray for you, and you'll live. If you don't restore her, know for sure that you will die, you and all who are yours. Abimelech rose early in the morning and called all his servants and told all these things in their ear. The men were very scared. And then Abimelech called Abraham and said to him, Why have you done this to us? How have I sinned against you that you've brought on me and on my kingdom a great sin? You have done deeds to me that ought not to be done. Abimelech said to Abraham, What did you see that you have done this thing? Abraham said, Because I thought, Surely the fear of God is not in this place. They will kill me for my wife's sake. Besides, she is indeed my sister, the the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother. And she became my wife. When God caused me to wander from my father's house, I said to her, This is your kindness which you shall show me. Everywhere that we go, say of me, he is my brother. Abimelech took sheep and cattle, male servants and female servants, and gave them to Abraham and restored Sarah, his wife, to him. Abimelech said, Behold, my land is before you. Dwell where it pleases you. To Sarah, he said, Behold, I've given your brother a thousand pieces of silver. Behold, it is for you a covering of the eyes to all that are with you. In front of all, you are vindicated. Abraham prayed to God, so God healed Abimelech, his wife, and his female servants, and they bore children. For God had closed up tight all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. God visited Sarah as he had said, and God did to Sarah as he had spoken. Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age, at the set time of which God had spoken to him. Abraham called his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac. Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Sarah said, God has made me laugh. Everyone who hears will laugh with me. 
She said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? For I have borne him a son in his old age. The child grew and was weaned. Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had borne to Abraham, mocking. Therefore she said to Abraham, cast out this servant and her son, for the son of the servant will not be heir with my son Isaac. The thing was very grievous to Abraham's sight on account of his son. God said to Abraham, don't let it be grievous in your sight because of the boy and because of your servant. In all that Sarah says to you, listen to her voice, for your offspring will be named through Isaac. I will also make a nation of the son of the servant because he is your child. Abraham rose up early in the morning and took bread and a container of water and gave it to Hagar, putting it on her shoulder, and gave her the child and sent her away. She departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. The water in the container was spent, and she put the child under one of the shrubs. She went and sat down opposite him, a good way off, about a bowshot away, for she said, Don't let me see the death of my child. She sat opposite him and lifted up her voice and wept. God heard the voice of the boy. The angel of God called Hagar out of the sky and said to her, What troubles you, Hagar? Don't be afraid, for God has heard the voice of the boy where he is. Get up, lift up the boy, and hold him with your hand, for I will make him a great nation. God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. She went, filled the container with water, and gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy, and he grew. He lived in the wilderness, and as he grew up, he became an archer. He lived in the wilderness of Paran. His mother got a wife for him out of the land of Egypt. At that time, Abimelech and Phicol, the captain of his army, spoke to Abraham, saying, God is with you in all that you do. Now, therefore, swear to me here by God that you will not deal falsely with me, nor with my son, nor with my son's son. But according to the kindness that I have done to you, you shall do to me and to the land in which you have lived as a foreigner. Abraham said, I will swear. Abraham complained to Abimelech because of a water well which Abimelech's servants had violently taken away. Abimelech said, I don't know who's done this thing. You didn't tell me. I didn't hear of it until today. Abraham took sheep and cattle and gave them to Abimelech. Those two made a covenant. Abraham set seven ewe lambs of the flock by themselves. Abimelech said to Abraham, What do these seven ewe lambs which you have set by themselves mean? He said, You shall take these seven ewe lambs from my hand that it may be a witness to me that I have dug this well. Therefore, he called that place Beersheba, because they both swore an oath there. So they made a covenant at Beersheba. Abimelech rose up with Phicol, the captain of his army, and they returned into the land of the Philistines. Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba, and there he called on the name of God, the everlasting God. Abraham lived as a foreigner in the land of the Philistines many days. Reading sections of the Bible like we did today can be nauseating, but remember, when we read the Old Testament, we need to always be looking for that thread that runs through every story, that thread of God keeping his promise to send someone who would step on that serpent's head and stop sin from winning. But until then, sin wins a lot, and it's pretty ugly. But God is faithful to keep his promises and maintain hope even in the darkest times. In your ugliest moments, can you recognize the thread of God's work in your life? I promise you it's there. That's the Thinking Out Loud thought for today. 
You've been listening to the Outloud Bible Project podcast with Mike Dominey. When you become a patron of Outloud Bible Project, you help make the Bible accessible for people who desperately need to know they have a role in this conversation with God. To learn more, visit outloudbible.com and click support this project. Thanks for listening.